Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome. All right. Our friend John Lynch is sick in bed. So with, sick. With Very the flu. Oh, I tell Poor you. guy. I thought yeah. he'd be better by now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doctor said five to seven days. That's that's flu. That's a, Ooh, big that's a really serious flu. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When we didn't want you to get it. So, no. so yeah, we don't want that going through these waves. Uh, Is that how you get the flu? Through your ears? Yeah. Digitally. Through your earbuds. Yeah, Digitally. That's how it works. Yeah. It's, it's a virus. Be careful. Yes. That's what they mean, right? Yeah. yeah. When you get a virus, Look, like I'm in your computer or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. You get the flu virus I, in your phone and I then it gets in your ears. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Apple gets it less than Windows. So. Whoa. Is that because yeah. an Apple a day keeps yes. the Yeah, that is why. Oh. Yep. You guys are confusing me. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, we're the uh, worst. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> I should be out with Bill Thrall playing golf. Yeah. Yeah. How did he Bill ditched Thrall us get... hard? Yeah. Okay. That... But to be fair, do you know the weather right now is so amazing? So I really look. Yeah. We're here. Him. We're here. Yeah. That's true. Inside. We're in the podcast box. I know. <laughs> Maybe you're out there playing golf and you're listening to us. That's and to that, I right. say. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. call. Two you. of the best worlds. Yeah. You're probably in the snow. It's 84 here. So. Yeah. Oh, what did they get in Kentucky this week? Was... I got nine inches of snow. Man. No. Yeah. That's mid-calf. That's like capri yeah. pants. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Capri pants. Everyone's only wearing capri ca- oh. pants in Kentucky right now. And boots. Yeah. yeah. Or knickerbockers, yeah. if you want. Yeah. Knickerbockers. Okay. I'm going to uh, be done. All right. How Where... far we go so quickly. <clears throat> We're in the second week of this second rung called submission. So humility just naturally, organically leads to submission. If you are humility, trusting God and others with yourself, and you are naturally going to let those other people uh, influence you. Yeah. And that is basically what submission is, is letting, that word letting, is submitting to let someone else influence you. So hmm. this is not always just an issue of transparency because mm-hmm. if you work together every day or if you live together in a family, you, there's a certain amount of transparency that's going to happen right. anyway. So you, can, you can't prevent that. Sometimes um, leaders, and here we are applying uh, the ascent of a leader these months to the church, Sometimes leaders will engage in a selective transparency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is just a kind of a clever way of remaining isolated because they will, let's say, craft certain stories to make you think certain things about mm-hmm. them. But vulnerability goes beyond the limited value of transparency. And vulnerability is more not just that you can see the cracks in my life, but right. I am giving you opportunity yeah. to fill them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Takes your control off the narrative of the huh. story. Yes, control is it. Yeah, it takes a, the pen item. out of your hand. Yes, mm-hmm. which is very healthy and very scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why are so many healthy things so scary? <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. And that's why we uh, take a pass on a lot of these healthy things. Yeah. Um, but there, there, there is this question I want to ask you about. Uh, that goes along with vulnerability that uh, in our staff we're talking about even these days, and it can be talked about in any any staff, any small group, any group of leaders uh, for a church, um, uh, any 
paid or unpaid people. And that is this question, um, how am I affecting you? Mm. It's an application of submission, an application of vulnerability. Talk to me about why that is and what thoughts come to you with that question. Well, when I first encountered that, even that idea or that principle, it struck me so wonderfully because uh, I have always, even since I was little, had an, a keen awareness of power dynamics. And if you're a child, that's with your parent, might be with your, um, might be with your uh, Sunday school teacher. I remember in third grade being berated because I didn't ask to go to the bathroom. Um, and remember, you, you feeling, just took off. You I do, I did, and I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, okay. don't try. Don't yeah. try to keep me from that. Will you stay through the podcast? I, if not, if I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. No. Um, okay. Good. We're rebel at heart. See. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking just how ugly I I felt about that situation. Yeah. And and I still remember how negatively that affected me, that person, like with their control. And so when I first heard this thought of how do I affect you, I thought, oh my gosh. That is inviting someone to safety. They may not take you up on it Mm -hmm. and they may not believe you. But if the person is believable, when someone with power, authority, role, whatever it is, invites you to tell them how you're affecting you, it, it just sets the stage for, oh, you care about me and you understand that your person, role, position has an impact on me. Mm-hmm. And it's an open-ended question. Yes. Yes. And, and so that was Which just makes my it first. so vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that even just that admission that someone in authority can have an effect on people below them and that they care, just asking the question, even if someone, like David was saying, doesn't have the courage to respond or, or doesn't know how to respond. I mean, I think that that question on the being asked that is also takes a lot of um, kind of soul searching and being mm-hmm. courageous to to think about the really positive ways that people affect us, but also if there are negative ways that people affect us mm-hmm. and and believing and trusting in that person enough to say what it really means. But even if that can't happen, even if you kind of take a pass on on being vulnerable yourself and admitting that this person has power and does impact you, just being asked that question, I think, opens the door that you know, okay, this person cares and they know that they can have an impact hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it takes admitting that you can be impacted and that this person does have power and influence. So I think it's an interesting double um, it's a double vulnerability in asking that question and then being willing to respond to it. Because we're not often asked that question, I'm just going to assume that that question is like asked in less than 10% of churches, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got two people in my life who've ever asked me that question. So that let, let's assume that we all average two people <laughs> in our lives <laughs> that have ever asked us that question. So this is not the norm. No. So you get asked that question by someone, especially someone who is uh, over you in some way, has some kind of of authority. What are the things that go through your mind if you're not used to Mm. being asked that question? This is fresh because I recently asked someone that question 
and I saw the body language shift to uncomfort. Hmm. And I let that go. And then I thought, I would like to ask, like, what, what, how did that feel? What did, what did you think my motives were in that? And it was definitely a, like a, I'm not used to being asked that question. I'm not used to being in, in an environment where that, I don't know, I don't necessarily trust that you're not setting me up to yes. tell me something bad, like mm-hmm. the sandwich method. Right. Like, right. why don't you tell me something about me so that and I can just blow you away <laughs> with how you're not doing your job well yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, and so it, it is a question that it not only requires the person to care, the person to, to wonder, the person to have curiosity, but it also requires a deep commitment to the good of the person being asked. Yeah. Um, that your timeline is not the timeline, that it's, mm-hmm. it's the safety of the person being asked. That's why you're asking the question. And so it's their timeline to be invited into safety, to be asked why it doesn't feel safe if it doesn't, to, to get to process, to be prompted to process. Um, and then there's this whole other issue of with all that good intention, it can still hurt so much when someone tells us the truth of that of how we affect them. And they're like, that's not, I didn't think that I, I thought I was doing. That. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's rife with pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and fear. And so yeah. fear. And I think also one, of probably the first responses to that question is what does that mean? Mm. Yeah. What does that mean? How do, how do I affect you? What do you mean? In what aspect? I think that it's so uncommon in culture in general and in church culture that a lot of people's first reaction is kind of being flustered. Like, I don't, yeah. I haven't, I don't have an answer for right. this. I haven't prepared my list of anything. So I think that there's also some confusion on mm. what does it mean to be asked that? And, and most people are so used to being unsafe in a work environment, regardless of if it's church or nonprofit or whatever, that they literally have turned off the expectation of being cared for in that way. Now they don't turn off that expectation when they get home and are, you know, angry about certain situations, but they turn off the expectation of friendship. They turn off the expectation of being treated well. They turn off the expectation of getting to know the people who are in authority from them because it's so disintegrated. And when you try to integrate, it blows apart their world because they're like, no, that would require a risk. And I'm not sure you're worth that risk, leader. <laughs> yes. And and a lot of leaders aren't. Yes. Uh, so it's like, it's huge. It requires yeah. such integrity from a leader to actually mean that. Mm-hmm. And when a leader does mean that, it it begins to cause these rails of environment of grace and relationship of trust to materialize. Yeah. But but only over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we often say grace takes the long view. Well, this one takes the long view. The real long view. Yeah. yeah. And I think that takes that integrity to be mm-hmm. willing to stay in for the long view. If, say, someone under you gets really flustered by that, yeah. that takes a really long view if you're willing to keep building and, and creating environments of trust. But the encouragement here, yeah. at least to my mind, is when you are a, when you are in, as a leader, as a parent, in a marriage, in a friendship, when you open that door to say, I want to be a safe place for you, then you get all kinds of grace when you're true mm-hmm. to 
to that even if you don't do it well, even if you screw up, the more that you admit that I'm not perfect, I'm a person who's trying to lead in such a way that I understand my effect on you, that creates all kinds of safety. And you actually almost can act worse in some ways Mm -hmm. as long as you're continuing to move into that place of how does that affect you and care. Yes. Um, And that is – that's I think how Jesus wants us to lead is being able to be free in who we are and then free to acknowledge the dysfunctions that are in us while other people get to be loved and other people get to love us. And that is an integration that goes far beyond behavior metrics and into who am I with you and who am I in, in trying to lead a healthy culture. Yes. Well, just imagine if half of the churches, let's say, in this world had leaders whether they be in weekend classes or small groups or from the pulpit Mm -hmm. or or the church's leaders uh, denominational leaders whatever who were asking this question how much and and really meant it how much messier oh my gosh and healthier (laughs) and more powerful and authentic these churches would be especially for the culture watching all around Mm -hmm. the society at large it would be so powerful because people would be honestly authentically loved with the love of Jesus in an authentic community I just love to think about that I do too well we hope you can apply this wherever you are if it's uncomfortable that's okay. It That's is for right. everybody. I hope Go I can it. apply this wherever I am. <laughs> That's Gosh. right. Absolutely. We'll see you next week on the True Face Podcast.